morning. Whew. It is rough getting back to the routine after a holiday weekend like that. But oh boy, howdy. I hope your fridge is still full of leftovers like mine is. We're drowning in them, but I ain't complaining. It's the back row morning show with uh, Matt and Mo, except Mo's not here. So uh, on this 26th day of November, uh, it's just Matt. It's just Matt in the studio. Uh, <laughs> Mo's gone. Mo's visiting family. She'll be gone for a couple weeks. Next week, I'll have another person in the studio with me. Uh, but this week, we couldn't really get anybody to come in. So I am going to be sharing with you uh, something special uh, throughout this week. Uh, we are going to be taking a look back at the Back Row Baptist podcast, which was originally what Mo and I did before we transitioned to the morning show. Now, there are several of you that are still listening to us who listen to the podcast and you transitioned with us. There are several of you who are new to us just based on the morning show and have never heard our podcast before, but we ran for almost three solid years. We had 125 episodes. And uh, a lot of it was um, really good content. I want to say the the vast majority of it was pretty good. So this week I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey through some of my favorite episodes, some of my favorite sections. Uh, so we'll hit we'll hit one bit or bit or discussion each uh, each hour here uh, today and every day this week. And I uh, just want to take you along on that journey with me. Does that sound good? That sound good? All right. Well, let's just dive into the first one then. By the way, if you can't tell, I'm a little stopped up. I have a cold and I might be slightly delirious on cold medicine, you know? So who knows? Maybe this is for the best. <laughs> the first segment we're going to dive into is from our very first podcast. And that podcast was called The Clown's Prayer. And uh, Mo and I discussed the same kind of topic on the first episode of The Morning Show. Uh, but I want to take you back to the, the podcast because this was actually before Mo joined the crew. Uh, it was me, my pastor at the time, Pastor Kevin Wellborn, and my current worship leader, John Berkey. Uh, we were the original three. And uh, this is the discussion that we had. Enjoy. Uh, the back row is kind of in a league of its own when it comes to ministering to Christians. Our slogan is humor and healing for the saved but still human. So to us that means that we put just as much or sometimes more emphasis on making people laugh as we do on encouraging people in their daily walks. And so you know a lot of folks don't understand or they don't see how the two really go together. But uh, to me, I really don't see how it could be done any differently. Um, I remember in the five or six years that were kind of really dark for, for me and, and uh, you know, overcoming, trying to overcome the addiction that had plagued my life since I was a little kid. Uh, you know, I remember that the only instances that I ever felt uh, joy, you know, were the times that I could kind of turn off the, uh, my brain and just laugh at something. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes that was just, you know, watching Seinfeld reruns, you know, on the TV or whatever, but... You know, I feel like God takes note of us when we're at our roughest times and tries to insert joy into our lives through humorous situations from time mm -hmm. to time. Uh, I mean, being straight honest, I know uh, a lot of people who are listening to this have probably listened to my testimony or read it. You know, and there was a time that I was uh, under arrest. You know, I was handcuffed in the back of a car and I was being transported five hours to uh, Las Cruces. And... While we were on the way up there, they were playing, you know, the guy was fiddling with his XM radio and he was a very 
you know, skipper, you know, mm-hmm. every five seconds moving something. But but he did stop uh, at one point on a comedy channel when Brian Regan was playing. Mm-hmm. And Brian Regan's my favorite all-time comedian, uh, and my wife's too. And we had um, actually just watched the special that they were playing the audio from over that. And, you know, at that moment, I thought, you know, God was just giving me that gift right then and there. Uh, both reminding me of the good times that my wife and I have had, knowing that this day was coming, uh, yet still being able to laugh uh, together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I really think if I didn't have that kind of stuff uh, during that time in my life, I would have gone nuts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still feel that way sometimes. If I couldn't laugh, if I couldn't joke around with people, uh, you know, I I don't know if I could cope with life. Mm-hmm. Uh and there, I feel like there are just too many people, uh, especially in church, that think that you know we're supposed to take everything seriously. That there is no irreverence, there is no humor uh, that's appropriate. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I agree with all that, man. I think that uh, sometimes okay. we have to remember uh, when we take ourselves too seriously in in church or just as believers in general, is that we're not the hero of the story. You know, when you read the Bible, you know, the human being, yeah, there were some people that, that showed great faith and performed great deeds, but those deeds were performed because of the, the strengthening of the Lord in their life. And the Lord was the hero of those stories, even in the story of David and Goliath or Daniel in the lion's den or any of those things. So we can't take ourselves too seriously. And if you can't laugh around folks, I, I really question what kind of relationship you have hmm. uh, with, with those people that, that you can't let your guard down a little bit that you take yourself too seriously. Um, I, I think that's part of it. And I honestly do. You know, the Bible says we were created in the image of God, and I believe part of that is God himself has a sense of humor. Hmm. I, Obviously. I, I, yeah, I mean, look at John Berkey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, Just look at him. Yeah, no, see, I know you can't because this is a podcast, uh, but you should look at him. So check out the website, highlandclovis.com. And, I don't think uh, I'm on the website anymore. No, think, you're on there. Yeah, you're on there. I can't ever find it. But I thought I go to look at myself. Staff website. staff page. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't generally go finding pictures of myself on the internet. Of I don't Google I mean. myself all the time, but <laughs> once a day, every day. Black no, <clears throat> but no, I think you're right. Um, and you know, especially like that story in the Bible where you know, where Jesus is talking about the speck in your eye. You know, how are you going to mm-hmm. pick the speck out of your brother's eye when you have a log sticking out of your own? I remember watching that in, in one of the several thousand uh, versions of Jesus' life that they made into a movie. And the one that I really liked actually made that is him telling a joke, him being mm-hmm. humorous. You know, how are you going to pick that speck out when you got a big old log sticking out? Yeah. He picked, right. he picked the big stick up and was holding it to his eye. Yeah. And people were laughing and, you know, getting the point. Right. And, you know, that's kind of how I see that. You know, that seems like a joke to me. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think, John? Yeah. Well, I think... Uh... You don't have to look very far to realize God has a sense of humor. Um, if you've ever been on a mission trip and someone got diarrhea. <laughs> which is almost guaranteed. Which is almost yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. like, even, even going to a different part of America, that's yeah. pretty much guaranteed. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Um, well, then you also look like in the Bible. Uh, you look at the story of Elisha. And the kids are like yelling, "Go away, baldy!" Because apparently, mm-hmm. being bald is still a diss, even back then. Like, right. it was a crime to be bald. I think it should be noted: America, 
Matt and Kevin, both bald. Yeah. I have a full, beautiful, luscious head of hair. But no facial hair. But no facial hair. Well, you know. Well, to be fair, Kevin could probably grow his out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't. I, I lost mine when I was 19, so. <laughs> but it's like, go away, Bali. And he's just like, bears. <laughs> like, if that's not a sketch out of Monty Python, I don't. Yeah, you I, can put that I in could, Life of Brian. I could, and you I could see that on SNL, too. Yeah. I think that actually is a Chris Farley thing. Where he ended up, some skit was said, and this huge bear came out of the woods and ripped everybody's head off. I really think that is. Yeah. He stole that from from kings in the Old Testament. Chris Farley reads the Bible more than Donald Trump. <laughs> well, you know, we, we have a lot of our, uh, our, our, well, our ministry started on Twitter pretty much as a joke account. And, um, you know, we've run into quite a few people and... You know, I'm not trying to point fingers, but they typically tend to be the KGV only Baptist types. Okay. Who the KGB? KJV only. Oh, KJV only. The KGB, not the like, not the Baptist mob. They, the Jesus they, the Jesus mafia. <laughs> I feel like their problems should be a little bit bigger than <laughs> we're laughing. But no, you got we, something to laugh about, huh? <laughs> Funny man. Bring your jokes over here. <clears throat> Am I funny? Ha ha. <laughs> Do I amuse you? <clears throat> but no, we run into we've run into a few people who seem to make it their their ministry almost to condemn people having fun like that. You know, laughing, making jokes uh, of a religious nature, or uh, you know, just any kind of irreverence as being. 100% anti-God, 100% sinful, mm-hmm. uh, because we're always supposed to take all things of God seriously. And I think that we can do that and still, as long as, you know, as long as we're not disrespecting God, as long as we're not mm-hmm. you know, blaspheming his name, uh, I think we can still be funny. About right. religious situations, right. about you know pastors and other stuff, and of course we'd always want to be more self-deprecating than we are uh, making fun of other people. Sure, uh, and that keeps us humble, I think, in a way too. You can't not have some sort of lightheartedness in your ministry nowadays. Hmm. Like back in the Puritan eras, you know, you you could you know Jonathan Edwards could get up there and be like, um, "You're all stupid. And you're all going to hell." Deal with it. Like, you either follow God. Like back then, we could we could have that. Like, follow God, burn in hell, cake or death. One of you know you can have one of the two. But now you know, in in I think this generation of of people over the last you know, 50, 60 years, it's like if you were to be like, hey, you don't get your life right, you gonna burn. People immediately will shut off and just. They'll mm. just walk away. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, you're saying that humor needs to be kind of a, a way to get the attention of people who, yeah, you know, might not even consider faith or might have that idea about faith that all Christians are just turn or burn, yeah, fire brimstone, pound in the pulpit kind of thing. Exactly. I got you. Yeah, humor can can bridge a gap for a non-believer because somebody that that with no background in church and certainly somebody who's still uh, a skeptic or, or just a, an unbeliever in Jesus, sometimes that humor can be enticing to them. Uh, side note, since John brought up uh, the Puritans, uh, shortly after Jonathan Edwards wrote Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God, 
He also uh, invented the whoopee cushion. Which is a nightmare. Did he, he really? invented the whoopee yeah, John, cushion? Look it up. Look at Google it. Jonathan Edwards' whoopee cushion. See, that's wonderful. I do. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Those are real gas. <laughs> but, um... Uh, well, I think we've come to a yeah. consensus yeah. that uh, humor is important in our lives and in our faith to keep ourselves humble, keep smiling, fight pain, cope in a safe way. Frankly, uh, it's a gift from God. Uh, I want to read to you all the uh, the clown's prayer, which, uh, coincidence, the late, great Chris Farley of SNL fame used to read this often out loud before each performance. Chris certainly wasn't perfect, uh, but he desired to be better, as we all tend to do. Uh, the clown's prayer goes like this. As I stumble through this life, help me to create more laughter than tears, dispense more cheer than gloom, spread more joy than despair. Never let me become so indifferent that I will fail to see the wonders in the eyes of a child or the twinkle in the eyes of the aged. Never let me forget that my total effort is to cheer people, make them happy, and forget momentarily all the unpleasantness of their lives. And in my final moment, may I hear you whisper, when you made my people smile, you made me smile. I think that what we said today goes hand in hand with scripture. Uh, Psalm 126.2 says, Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. Uh, the Lord has done great things for me. And that's why I choose to laugh. And uh, I hope you do too. As a big thank you to Pastor Kevin Wellborn and John Berkey for joining me today. And that's the end of the first discussion that we had on our very first podcast. We hope you enjoyed that flashback uh, back to 2015 is when that was recorded. Um, we got a few more things coming up your way in the morning show today, so stick around. Two more hours, two more segments, two more flashbacks. It's going to be great. Uh, it is Manic Monday. We're playing a little bit more of the harder rock this morning, just a little bit more. And uh, you may also have noticed since Friday that we have infused some Christmas music into our rotation. Uh, not We're not trying to overload you. We just sprinkle it in there once, about once every eight songs or so, you know, just to, just to keep that holiday season uh, fresh in your mind. But you know what? It's going to get a little heavier as we get closer to the Christmas uh, apex, that, that week of Christmas or the 12 days leading up to Christmas. Uh, that's when we're really going to hit it hard. But until then, just enjoy the little light touch of the holiday season. And, uh, hey, good morning. Happy Monday to you. Uh, we'll be back when we're talking about married, uh, being married, uh, actually, with issues. Uh, it'll be Mo's first episode ever on the podcast. So stick around for that. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. Mo is out of town, but Matt is still here in the studio. And uh, since I couldn't find a replacement for this week, I decided to take you on a journey 
back through the annuals of time. Uh, in fact, we had a, a, a Back Row Baptist podcast before it became a morning show. That's kind of where our show started. Uh, Mo and I had over 125 episodes of that podcast that we did together. So we're taking you on a trip back to some of uh, our best discussions and bits from that era of our lives. So we already did that in the first hour. We're going to do that here in the second hour as well. And uh, let's just dive right in. We're going to be doing a clip from an episode called uh, Married with Issues. This was actually Mo's first episode on uh, the podcast. Uh, It would be a few episodes later that she actually became a regular, a mainstay. And then a few episodes after that where she became my co-host for the podcast. But uh, this, is, uh, this is a good discussion. Uh, it's going to get a little deeper, maybe a little more serious. But you know what? It's, it's probably important. And I'm feeling led to share that with you, which means there's probably a few of you out there who need to hear it. Huh? Maybe even I need to be reminded of it. So uh, let's dive right in. Enjoy. Oh, and the people on this show, besides myself and Mo, uh, was Pastor Kevin Wellborn and our buddy Cipriano Martinez, who at the time was our Celebrate Recovery ministry leader, the job that I have now at our uh, local Celebrate Recovery. All right, here we go. Sorry. Dive in. We're talking about marriage today, specifically the myth that the problems we have before we get married will go away after we get married. What I mean by this is stuff like money problems, anger issues, trust issues, personal bad habits, self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. Um, for instance, I used to have a problem with pornography, as a lot of men do. And I was kind of trying to fight it when I was younger, but never too hard. And uh, when my girl and I were planning our wedding, I convinced myself that once we got married, the need for that would go away. But of course, all of us who have ever come to that conclusion would soon find out that, nope, the problem does not go away that easy. Uh, The truth is, I think that one of the main reasons the divorce rate is so high these days is because a lot of couples get married because they think it's a cure-all for their issues. And uh, when that doesn't come to pass, they can't handle it. And they fight and they freak out and they ultimately decide that, oh, this person wasn't the right person for me or whatever Mm -hmm. and split. Uh, What do you guys think? Yeah, I certainly think it's... uh the notion of that your problems will go away when you're married is a uh, try not to be too harsh, but that's a ludicrous uh, notion because when you're married, uh, regardless of what your other background may be, your your life is new. The first year of any marriage, even if you came in with very minimal issues, uh, is going to be difficult because you've never uh, lived with that person. You've never been around the same person that much, not even your parents or your siblings growing up. So to assume that your problems will go away is is laughable because everything's new and, and you're trying to be uh, you're trying to learn how to be a husband or or a wife and yeah if anything you're it, walking into a whole it, new it, set of problems exactly, exactly. you know addition, I, yeah. a, a very wise person one time told me that we expect men to walk down the aisle uh, single uh, during their right before their wedding and then to walk out of the building married and know how to be a husband automatically. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. So your your problems are still going to be there uh, even after marriage. I, I mean, that's a pretty obvious statement. Mm-hmm. But. That's right. That's right. But then also you have to think about it coming into a marriage. Whenever you see something brand new, when, whenever you go buy something brand new, you could have something that's broken. You want to go get a new one. Mm-hmm. You go buy something brand new. You expect it to work. 
brand new. You want to work 100%, everything's going to be okay, you ain't going to have no problems with it. And so the mind, mm -hmm. you know, your mind's telling you, well, this is new right here. Mm -hmm. And you know, there should be no, but you are, right. you are absolutely right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of little things that you have to work out along that uh, road. Yeah, I mean, using that analogy, you say, like, you, if you buy a brand new computer and bring it right out of the box, sure, that computer is brand new and it works great, but if you've never used a computer before, mm -hmm. it ain't going to do you any good. You'll end up pressing the wrong buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that a few times. And it may, be in, it, it may be exciting, you know, like the brand new aspect of it at first, but to say that that excitement lasts, I think all of us in here have been married long enough. To know that that uh, I, I love being married, but it's not always exciting. Mm -hmm. Right, it's still real life. You mm -hmm. brought you, that was very interesting. What what you said is it, 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 like it's kind of like when you buy something, computer for instance. Let's let's just <laughs> stay with the computer. Analogy, let's just stay with the computer, and you are playing with it or messing with it for for a little bit at first, and then you you're like, man, I don't even want to mess with it no mm. more but we got to continue adding different apps to our marriage so that we can keep it exciting you got to continue getting things into your life doing new things yeah that's true you know like that's and, a good one you can roll with that so so <laughs> so that's, yeah that was good yeah come on megan yeah, go i just megan. i'm sitting here thinking I don't, I don't really know how either one of my best friends who happen to be the wives of these two men here are going to feel about being compared to a computer. My wife is very smart. Let me tell you. Very just, smart. Just, just like, like a computer. A computer. <laughs> I know how to push my wife's buttons. Am I, am I, am I, <laughs> okay. Don't let Carol listen. Else you want to add? <laughs> Sorry, Megan. No, it's um, fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking from personal experience and, and talking about the issues that we had prior to marriage and thinking that they're going to be gone when we come into marriage, for my own personal life, I had a lot of trust issues stemming from childhood, um, things that happened with my parents, and then, of course, ex-boyfriends and this and that. And I honestly, I always questioned would anybody be willing or able to stay with me um, long term. I can be difficult to live with. I get that. So, um, but thinking, going into marriage, I can remember thinking, okay, once Chris and I are married, that's it. I don't have to worry about that. That fear goes away instantly. We're man and wife. And that's not the case at all. Ten years into marriage last year, and I still had to struggle with those, those trust issues. So. I don't know how many of you are familiar with an app uh, called Whisper. Uh, essentially, it's an app that allows people to anonymously confess things and then get encouragement or, or advice from other people. At least that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> but uh, I want to read to you a few of these anonymous confessions that I found just on this topic uh, and get your take on them. Uh, one says, we always fight about money, and I just want to buy a bus ticket out of this marriage. Mm. One is, I caught my wife looking at porn a few months ago, and I'm convinced that it's because she doesn't find me attractive. Uh, next is, my husband has never trusted me. He reads my texts and my emails and always demands to know where I am, even though I've never done anything to deserve this. And then the last one I have is, my husband got really mad and slapped me last night. He's never done this before. I don't want to leave him, but I'm terrified he'll do it again. 
And of course, the replies to these confessions are almost unanimously the same, which are get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, of course, there are some situations where that may be the only option, such as physical abuse or or stuff like that. But at the same time, I know couples that have survived all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all legitimate issues, and I certainly don't mean to imply that, oh gosh, you guys are just being big babies, you need to suck it up. But the problem is here that the idea that marriage is a cure-all, we don't prepare for these things to come up, and they catch us off guard, uh, usually within the first couple of years. And so we fight with each other, with an, with an us-versus-them mentality, mm-hmm. instead of fighting you know, like on the same team, fighting mm-hmm. for the marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of these confessions? Do they surprise you? Not at all. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all, especially since they're anonymous. Um, they don't surprise me one bit. Um, and, and, of course, it also doesn't surprise me that the, the overriding answer to these things are get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's the easy thing. Yeah. You know, and marriage isn't easy. Um, I, I've, I've given um, a few times during wedding ceremonies when I've been performing the the wedding, I'll even discuss how hard marriage is. And I realize I get some looks sometimes, but I don't want them to go into it. Yeah, it's it's a great day and it's exciting, and, and we've hit that already, how exciting it is initially. But I, I want people to have a very realistic view of marriage. You know, it's still real life. Hollywood is a load of garbage mm-hmm. when it comes to relationships. And uh, to get a divorce... Um, it's like you said, sometimes I can see where it's justifiable. Uh, even the Lord uh, and Moses in the Old Testament gave um, some situations and scenarios where it was okay. But um, I, one thing that we do, and in, in is we all have young kids, uh, years well, Sippy's got a, a couple teenagers, so he's, he's closer, but kids that are starting to date and all of that type of stuff. You know, I heard, uh, I believe it was Vody Bauckham one time said that. Our dating system in the United States is a glorified divorce practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, did she made you mad? We'll break up with her. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking to another girl. We'll break up with him. Which in high school, I mean, maybe not that big a deal. But that's what we've seen. Yeah, is, we don't grow it, out of yeah, that yeah, mindset. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Like, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of bo- bothered about the app itself. Like, yeah, why do you need scary. a whisper app? Um, the way that I usually handle stuff if something goes on we're going to talk about it and we learn to talk about things instead of having to turn to your your app and mm-hmm. and, and like go and tell the world expect you know like yeah. if it's anonymous but still what if you get a reply um hey why did you know you could get a reply of well like what's your name what's your, you know sure. I, I don't know i don't and know i'm sure that happens. works and yeah. i'm sure yeah, yeah. it happens a lot i want yeah. to i want to take you on a long walk on the beach you know i don't want to <laughs> slap you yeah. you know and then it's just going yeah. to you know it's going to add to that divorce thing it's probably called a it should be divorce app yeah <laughs> well yeah to be fair that's a just very, one subject. very small subject of oh, the yeah. whole app itself but it still is I just banging kind of but yeah sketchy. i understand definitely do understand yeah. what you mean yeah uh, the one thing I think people don't understand about marriage anymore is that it's it's not just called a commitment because you're saying that you won't be with anybody else. It's called a commitment because you will stay with that person, richer, mm-hmm. poorer, better, worse, sickness, health. Um, you have to realize that a marriage is just two imperfect people who refuse to give up on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Deidre didn't refuse to give up on me a decade ago, we wouldn't be coming up on our 11th year of marriage. We wouldn't have our little boy. And we wouldn't be the happy, recovering people we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the bad times don't have to last forever if you fight for the marriage and not mm-hmm. against your spouse. Uh, so as we leave, can uh, you all give one piece of advice to maybe the engaged couples out there who are about to tie the knot? Um, I would say pick your battles. Sometimes you have to choose to either be right or be happy. And sometimes being happy is the better option. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, don't ever fall into the trap of the grass is greener on the other side. Um, if you're in a low point in your marriage or your engagement and um, you see another person out there that, that seems to be more alluring, seems to be better than your current spouse or, or fiance, uh, just remember that you felt the same way about your current fiance initially also. Mm-hmm. You'll find issues with everybody that, that, um, that, that you come in contact with. It's better, especially for believers uh, in, in the Lord Jesus, to, uh, to stick it out. And, and as Matt has said, work for the marriage. And then I got two. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. The second one, I hope, I hope this is you don't the one sitting All you right. If I take mine. it, we'll cut this out. All right. <laughs> the second one is invest more time, money, and effort in your marriage than you do the wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. People will spend $15,000 on a wedding ceremony and won't spend $100 to save their marriage. Mm-hmm. I got um, I like know that we are we are going to have our disagreements we are and it's okay to have disagreements mm-hmm. um, maybe you could say you could argue is okay sometimes it's okay to work that stuff out instead of just instead of just suppressing it work it out if you have to argue a little bit it's okay but remember you guys are on the same team we're on the same team with our spouse so who is the winner there's not a winner. You're on the same team. And so um, I guess it's okay to argue and to disagree about certain things. Mm-hmm. And it is very, it, it really builds a marriage. But then remember that you are on the same team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, mine would be this. The Bible says in Ephesians, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, my wife and I have been as committed as possible to finishing the fight, even long before we were married. If we're going to fight... Uh, we're going to fight it out immediately. Our rule is that we have to be okay before we go to sleep. Uh, I won't lie, sometimes that meant some late nights, uh, but it's kept us from letting resentment creep into our marriage. Uh, keeps us from throwing past mistakes in each other's faces, and it helps us to fight fair. If you're going to get married, be prepared to fight for it, like Sippy just reiterated a minute ago. It'll be worth it in the end. All right, that wraps up our second hour and our second dive back into the history of the Back Row Morning Show's predecessor, the Back Row Baptist Podcast. Uh, Stay with us, man. We got some more uh, hard rock music coming your way mixed in with our normal hits and and even some some Christmas hits, Christmas music of all different genres. Probably a lot of Christmas music you've never heard before because most of the stuff that they play on K-Love during Christmas time or on their Christmas channel is, is very light, very... Very light. Maybe some, maybe some Toby Mac they'll throw in there, a little upbeat. But you know, we got some, we got some, you know, theocracy. We got some uh, three days under. We got some thousand foot crutch. We got some Christmas music that you probably never heard of, and we also got some brand new Christmas music too. We got uh, KJ 52s new album. We've got a whole host of uh, new songs uh, that have come out this year. Lauren Daigle. 
uh, North Point, Inside Out. A lot of different, a lot of different bands, a lot of different genres of all types of Christmas music coming your way. I don't know why I'm hyping the Christmas music so much. I'm just excited about it, man. I've been waiting to pull the trigger on adding the Christmas music since November first. So you know, <laughs> that's where we're at. Stick around. Uh, more of that coming your way, but in our third hour, we're going to be flashing back to an episode where we talked about gossip. You're not going to want to miss it, uh, because if you do, you're going to have to hear about it from somebody else. And that's gossip. So, stick around. this third hour of the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Mo, except Mo's not here. If you've been with us this morning, you know that Mo is on vacation. She's in uh, Tennessee, I want to say. I want to say Tennessee. I feel like I should know, and I just don't. I'm going to blame that on the cold that I have, because I'm a little loopy this morning. Uh, so anyway, she's gone. Uh, <laughs> she'll be gone for a couple weeks, actually. Uh, I will have a co-host with me next week, but this week uh, we're doing something special. We're taking you back on a, on a journey to the past to hear some of the best discussions and bits from the Back Row Baptist podcast, which is kind of what we were before we became the Back Row Morning Show. We had 125 episodes, we lasted for about three years, had a lot of great discussions, a lot of great content, and uh, you know we don't want that to die in the past. We know we have a lot of new listeners, and so we want to share some of that with you this week. So we're sharing you a little bit every hour, every day this week, and uh, we're glad that you're with us. And so this hour, the final hour of the day, we're going to be talking about gossip. Now, this episode came from 2015. It starred Mo, myself. It starred Kara Wellborn, which was the wife of our pastor, uh, Dr. Kevin Wellborn. At the doctor. No, he's not a doctor. <laughs> pastor Kevin Wellborn. <laughs> and uh, my wife, Deidre Coker. And, uh, yeah, it's a good episode. It's a good discussion. And it's a, it was a lot of ladies in the room. Uh, with me, so you know how that goes. <laughs> Enjoy. Today, me and my gossip girls here are talking about just that gossip. Your name's not Charlie. We could be your angels. Oh, oh. oh. that'd be good. Blonde ones, maybe. Specifically, <laughs> gossip in the church and how damaging it can be. Uh, gossip is defined as uh, the inappropriate communication of unflattering, embarrassing, hurtful, or humiliating information about a person to another person where truth is irrelevant. I remember one really tough Sunday at our home church many years ago uh, when our pastor at the time told us about the reason our church was basically splitting at the time. Uh, it was about how it all stemmed from gossip about the previous pastor. Now, there was a single mother in the congregation whose car had broken down. Uh, and so the pastor had temporarily lent his car to her so she could get to work and get her kids around and all that. Well, someone from the church happened to notice the pastor's car at her house overnight. Mm -hmm. And the rumor started spreading that the pastor had had an affair with this woman. So by the time 
Uh, the pastor had heard it. The rumor had already spread across the church and solidified in many folks' minds as the truth. And when the pastor explained, half the church believed him, <clears throat> half didn't. And that was the start of a split in the church that unfortunately didn't come to an end until a few years later, uh, even when we had a new pastor at the time, when suddenly the last remaining group of uh, these original gossipers just stopped coming. Uh, it took several more years for that wound to fully heal and the church to begin to grow into the safe place that it is now. Um, but I mean, think about that. That entire ordeal lasting years and years all started because one person saw something and misinterpreted it. The ripple and, effect. Yeah, and instead of talking with the pastor directly, they spread it around to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And... That's just the magnificent, magnificently terrifying destructive power mm-hmm. that gossip has. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you four experienced the destructive power of gossip before? Um, I guess I would say when Matt and I were dating, there was this girl who spread all these rumors about how I was just dating him to get closer to his friend, and I thought she was my friend. And it seems silly, you know, it was junior high, Mm -hmm. girly gossip, and it seems silly now, but I still get upset about it, and I was still very hurt by it, and she could have, you know, broke us up, and we never could have gotten married and Mm -hmm. had Elijah and all that. And I won't lie, uh, the the destructive nature of that, that that happened, really did fuel a self-esteem problem in me that lasted several years into our marriage, mm-hmm. even uh, that and some other things, but that was a big, big part of it. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing that up. Make me all sad. Oh, <laughs> um, I think for me, um, it caused me to look at people um, with a skewed view of who they really were. Instead of going to them and getting you know, the correct information or thinking of them purely as, I don't know you. Um, I've heard these things, but I don't know if they're true. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe missed out on a lot of really good friendships because I decided what other people said about them was true rather right. than letting yeah. them give me an opportunity to get to know who they really were. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've had a similar experience where I was told, you know, hey, you, um, y'all don't need to be hanging out with this family because of such and such a long time ago happened. I'm like, can people not redeem themselves and yeah. change, you know? Mm-hmm. Can I not be the judge of who I can be friends with, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, you know, um, you know, gossip that we think that's not even harmless. You mm-hmm. know, that we're, we're just talking, you know, to such and such, but we're, we're griping about somebody or complaining about something they do, thinking that it's completely harmless, but then... It's not because if you think about it, it's gossip. It's not okay. It's not mm-hmm. right to do that. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you think you're talking to somebody that's safe or the pastor's wife, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> gossip. <laughs> it's still gossip. You know. Sorry, I told you that. Story. Yeah, David, <laughs> stop talking to me about that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like building on top of a wound. Over and over and over, just like Matt said, the the story with the the girl when Deidre and he were in in junior high, and that caused some significant issues within his own life. Mm-hmm. Um, while Chris and I were in Italy, there was a girl who I thought I was friends with her, and um, her husband and Chris worked together, and they were supposed to be at PT, and her husband texted 
texted her and said, hey, Chris isn't here. I saw him with so-and-so, which was a female. And then she texts me, is Chris with so-and-so? And her not knowing me that well, not understanding the trust issues that I had, of course, what's the first thing that happened when Chris walked through the door? What were you doing with the girl? And why were you not at PT like you were supposed to be? Um, it caused a lot of, just added on to that wound that I already had mm-hmm. from from childhood, from my parents, and then, you know, bad relationships. Without realizing it, gossip can really do damage to the damage that's already done. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah it completely builds upon uh, our own uh, self-image issues and, and uh, our fears and, and worries for the future. Um, now, it's easy for me to point fingers at others and, uh, you know, tell them, you know, don't you gossip. Uh, but when I really think about it, I know that I, too, have been guilty of gossip. Uh, sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it. Uh, big, for instance, is that, you know, a lot of us here volunteer at a Celebrate Recovery program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've caught myself talking to other people, saying things like, you know, gosh, I'm glad so-and-so is here to hear this message tonight. I know he's been struggling with this issue. Mm-hmm. And at first, that kind of seems harmless. I'm talking to another leader in the program, but... And what I said, you know, came out of a, of a place of genuine concern. But I also just broke the trust that that person had confided in me by telling me uh, his struggle. Yeah. And I told it to someone else that did not know. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what that person is going to do with that information now. It's not my place to say that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know some of you have already touched on that. But have there been times that you have had a problem gossiping? <laughs> Every single well, day we're all women, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I mean, and like you said, you, you, you think you're doing it innocently. Mm-hmm. You're saying, hey, you know, even, you know, like prayer requests. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, hey, that's a big you one. know, our friend so-and-so, Daedra, you know, over here, she's really struggling with this. I think we really need to pray for her. Well, what if Megan didn't know, like you were saying? That she was struggling Well, now with she that, knows, yeah. and then maybe she goes to Hillary and say, Daedra's really struggling with this <laughs> because of blah, blah, blah. And maybe she'll add something. Even. And I've got a big <laughs> mouth. And so I'm because saying. Because Megan's a liar. That sounds, that sounds like something <laughs> Megan, Megan would lies. do. Yeah. She's <laughs> but you know, as women, we do that. Mm-hmm. We we confide in one another. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think uh, it's it's especially hard sometimes when you're in a close knit group. Mm-hmm. You know, because you think that it's innocent. You just I don't know. I think I'm repeating myself a lot, but but no. you know, you you have your 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 close friend. Your your if you're thinking of Anna Bryn Gables, your bosom buddy. You know, that you can share the innermost parts of your heart with. Mm-hmm. Well, some of that still is not yours to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and it is our job to protect that from other people. You and know? I, I think that part of that close-knit stuff with, you know, friends mm-hmm. is that we often have the tendency to want to have the most exciting thing to share with your yeah, friend that yeah. day. So mm-hmm. someone sharing something innocuous, well, <clears throat> I have something that can beat that. And we don't really think about mm-hmm. it. We just think of it as, you know. We're talking. We're, We're just talking friends, yeah, yeah, and don't really realize the damage that we could be doing. Mm-hmm. For me, I like to know everything, mm-hmm. right? I'm not. I'm not necessarily like I want to tell everybody everybody's business. I just, just like knowing know everybody's knowledge <laughs> because you buy if, all the tabloids. And just... <laughs> no, because if 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 
you confide in me and you trust me with information, I want you to know that it's going to stay here. Right. But I also want you to know that if you do me dirty, I know all the dirty secrets now. I have leverage. And yeah. I've, got, leverage. I've, I've had friends in the past where they have shared with me information that I have still kept secret to this yeah. day and we're not friends anymore mm-hmm. because it's not my stuff to tell. Your story mm-hmm. to tell. And I have mm-hmm. the, my view on gossip. Am I allowed to say this now? What? My view on gossip. I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. Is I'm not going to tell Megan something that Kara told me because if Kara wants Megan to know, exactly. Kara's going to tell Megan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's if my Kara, story. If Kara right. tells me, it's because she wants me to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need my dog to know. She doesn't mm-hmm. need my mom's sister's boyfriend to know. She needs me to know. Mm-hmm. I tell my dog all my secrets. <laughs> well, it drives me crazy when so- someone will ask you about such and such situation. They don't really yes. have that much knowledge about it. And then they're asking you, hey, tell me everything you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I've, I've had that experience several times where they're like, why aren't you telling me? I'm like, it's not mine to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you because you don't need to know. Mm-hmm. It's none of your business. Mind your business. That's all. Mind your business. What you doing, Nanya? Nanya. Nanya business. <laughs> if they want you to know, they'll come and say, Deidre, did you, did you know this is going on right now? Mm-hmm. You know? No, I didn't. People. Women. <laughs> Us. I feel like Karen and Hillary are a bit hostile. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. I'm just kidding. Come didn't on. know that. Just kidding. I'd heard that before. <laughs> Who said that, hey, Matthew? No, no, no joke. When Kevin and I, right before we got married, we had to go to some premarital counseling with my pastor in, in Hallsville. And um, that's in Texas. We did it. It's in, it's in Texas. East Texas, by the way. Are you talking about my accent? Microphone. No, not at all. Okay. You talk pretty. <laughs> my head bobbing. Um, anyway, we took this survey to kind of tell us about our personalities, and no joke, mine came back saying that I was hostile. <laughs> and my pastor was like, um, do you really struggle with this? I mean, Kevin, he was, you know, my Kevin, he backs me up, and he's like, she's really great. If she gets mad about something, she usually drops it like that. <laughs> hostile. Here's hostile. It's true. I am. So I have a list here from uh, the Preacher's Study Blog on how to stop ourselves from gossiping. Uh, there's five things. Here it says, uh, one, educate yourself to the harm of gossip, like we're talking about now, uh, that it can be extremely disruptive and most likely, could, or not most likely, but could very possibly not even be true. Uh, number two, learn to be a listener. Listen much more than you speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't succumb to the need to fill the conversation with the best story or the right. newest whatever. Well, not everybody's looking for help either. You right. Asking questions or telling them something. Just want to have an ear. Number three is uh, count to ten. Uh, it might sound like a cliche that you count to ten before you say anything, but it really works. It forces you to think about what you're about to say mm-hmm. and what damage can be done. Right. Uh, four is be aware of when and where you tend to gossip. Uh, like with whom, uh, and avoid or prepare for those situations. And lastly, it says even get an accountability partner if you need extra help, someone who you give permission to uh, slap you, slap you around <laughs> if you're That's slipping up. Shut your mouth. All right, so I'm going to ask: Do you uh, do y'all agree with those? Absolutely. And also, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. we do. We do. <laughs> That's the right Raise answer. They can't see. They can't see the it. <laughs> jokes. These are the jokes. <laughs> so while we're working on ourselves, what are some ways that we can discourage gossip in our churches? Um, something I taught my Bible study kids 
at camp last summer was, is it true? Is it harmful? And does it build somebody up? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's true, great. Is it harmful? If it's harmful, it should not come mm-hmm. out of your mouth. Right. Does it build somebody up? If it does, it can come out of your mouth. Um, those things are really easy to kind of look at and be like, oh, you know what? That's harmful. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's not true. If it's not true, mm, just keep That reminds quiet. me of the the think acrostic mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know so think before you that. speak think. yeah mm-hmm. and i don't remember what all the letters stand yeah. for but true is the first one um helpful, helpful. i believe mm-hmm. i don't remember i and then necessary and kind and i told my kids if it's true just like you're saying hillary mm-hmm. okay that's one check but it has to be all those five mm-hmm. things in order for you to say it not just one not mm-hmm. just if it's true mm-hmm. yeah but is it also helpful right is it necessary Mm-hmm. So, whatever I is. Whatever I is. Somebody look that up and let us know. Good job, Hillary. <laughs> well, some other ways that we can discourage gossip. You're just churches. removing yourself from the situation. You know, if somebody starts talking about somebody, just, so oh, I got to go. I hear Hannah. You know, <laughs> I got to go take care of my baby. Yeah. You know, inspiring. Inspiring. Is a build somebody up. Yeah. Good inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, just not, like you said, don't put yourself in those kind of situations. Right. If somebody's going to start talking about somebody else, just, yeah, I've got to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> or you could, even, you could even tell them, oh, well, that's not really my business. Right. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Just straight up say, that's not, not Say, not I'm not going to talk about that. That, that, way that, they, that way they know that, that you're not going to well, be. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pull me into this. Yeah. If somebody's yeah, saying, like, did you hear? It's like, mm, you can t- stop right there and be like, you know what? If they wanted me to know, they'll tell me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Just stop it right there and be like, I don't know if you've got all the information. Maybe you should um, well, keep tell, that to yourself or go talk Pedro to them. to come talk to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, something you know? like that where it's like no, just, if somebody says something about another person, sure. just be like, I, you can, you have that power to stop gossip mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell somebody or you can just be like, this needs to stay with me. Maybe even go back to the person that it's about and say, you know what, I, um, I don't know if you know this, but this is what people are saying. I don't know if it's true. I just want you to know it's being said. Mm-hmm. That way, if, if they want to give you the correct information, you can go back to that person who told you that gossip and say, you know what, um, that's actually not the case. Go ahead and co- go talk to so-and-so, and they can, they can fill you in if, they, if they'd like to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and a lot of people, they struggle with um, knowing what they can say to certain people. Yeah. You know, and so something that I've tried to do, especially when people will come and seek, you know, guidance or something or just ask my opinion about something, I'm, I tell them, you have to be very careful with your heart. You can't trust your heart to everybody. You can't share everything that's going on in your life with everybody because some people will abuse it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And even if they think it's out of innocence, it's still not right. So you've got to be very careful right. with who you share anything with. Uh, another thing would be to assume that any unflattering thing that you hear is false. Right. Uh, to not yeah, give not the let yourself of it out. yeah mm-hmm. not let yeah. yourself judge someone mm-hmm. exactly. uh, based on something that you've heard from someone else. Well, and that goes into not allowing one sin turn into another sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sin of gossip then turns into the sin of judgment. Yeah. Judging others. Mm-hmm. Um, Prejudgment. Prejudgment. Yeah. It could be the the voice of reason. You know, I wouldn't want. You know, God knows everything about me, but I wouldn't want Satan going to God and be like, did you hear that she did this? Mm-hmm. God would be like, that's my child. No. Mm-hmm. She yeah. didn't. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, my goodness, condemn her. Done. <laughs> Done with her now. You know, he would be, he would give me the benefit of the doubt, I think, in that, in that situation. So you could kind of do that. 
And I try to view, like, the church is a family, you know? And when you have a family, you protect each other, Mm. you know? So if somebody is starting something or saying something, as a family, we should protect each other and say, look, she's your sister, you know? (laughs) Don't talk about your sister. Uh There's a woman that I greatly admire from... um, when I was a very young baby Christian and she, we did a Bible study together and she encouraged the ladies. If you ever hear anybody, whether in this room, in this Bible study or outside, come up and start saying, did you hear what so-and-so did? Just look at them and say, that's my sister. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not know. Exactly. And walk away. I like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's true. We're a church family. And snap your finger while walking <laughs> away. In a, in a Z formation. And get your head above and too. <laughs> that's my sister. That's my sister. <laughs> Oh, we gotta drop the R. I didn't know that. Sister. 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 Gangsta. Sister. I'm learning how to talk. And apparently, you dropped the G at the end and you dropped the R. I'm learning. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You'll get there. You know. Just say y'all a lot. Yeah. Well, word on the street is that we're out of time to talk about gossip today. Uh, I hope we've encouraged you to be more proactive in fighting gossip both in church and just in general in your life. And that's the end of our third hour with our discussion on gossip. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did reliving it. Uh, as I got started, I realized I forgot to introduce somebody who was on that, which was Hillary uh, Berkey, who actually at that point went by Hillary Peltz. You remember Hillary as Moe's replacement the last time she was gone uh, due to illness. And uh, yeah. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. I did. I did a lot. Uh, it's the end of the third hour. Thank you for being here. We're going to be playing some more of that hard rock mixed in with our normal mix this morning, plus some Christmas music. And when you come back at the end of the hour, I'll have your verse and thought for the day and talk a little bit more about our currently ongoing contest where you can win some dope prizes. So stick around. Don't miss that. We'll be back. Show as we close out this Monday morning, we got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Hebrews 12 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And our thought for the day is from In Touch Genuine thanksgiving and praise to God should be a part of everyone's life, not only as a single day of giving thanks, but consistently throughout the year and so as thanksgiving week has closed out and we are starting now this trek to christmas let's keep that gratitude in our hearts and not get lost in the commercialism and the consumerism of the season before we sign off we do want to remind you of our giveaway uh beginning last week and then over the course of the next few days in our facebook group back row baptist church we will randomly post our giveaway image if you share the image uh we get you added to the random drawing, and each time we post the image, you can share it for another entry. Uh, but what are we giving away? Well, we've got two awesome things from one of our featured indie metal bands, Three Days Under. We have an extra-large T-shirt and their full album. And we're also throwing in a copy of our original party game, Judge Not. 
the Christian game of specs and planks. Uh, it's a really fun card game. It really is. We enjoy it. We play it all the time. Uh, the prize is worth over 50 bucks. Join our group by searching Back Row Baptist Church on Facebook. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed up together into a podcast for you over on backrowradio.com or anywhere podcasts are available. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye. Bye.